0: hello everybody and welcome to episode 40 of the stacy west podcast i am your host ben and with me is gary
2: as ever how are you doing yeah not too bad i've said it a couple of times so i'd better say it this time well the episodes match my age they do indeed they actually do this time as well. A stopped <laughs> clock is right twice a day.
0: <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's been a week and a bit since the season concluded. Um, what did you do with your Saturday?
2: Um, what did I do with my Saturday? Let me have a think. I can't remember. I think I went out with the missus. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I don't know quite what I did, actually. It's gone. It's a blank. So it was a blank Saturday. I'm sure we went and did something. We went and got some fish and then we took the dog for a walk down the woods, I think. Might on Sunday. Who knows?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it kind of blurs into one when you've not got a a big event to kind of break it up, doesn't it? Oh,
2: brilliant. um, My dog hasn't barked all day and there he is now in the background growling. Now he knows that we've started recording. (laughs) It's Just probably the
0: return to... of uh, it's probably the return of of David the the rat in the garden. Now he's uh, now he's not got a job.
2: Um, well, yeah, he's going to spend more time bumming around and looking for scraps.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, so uh, we'll obviously start off with what is the kind of big news that's broken today, um, and that's the kind of heavy rumor that West Brom are looking at Danny um, as their new manager. So. I've only seen this over the past sort of half an hour or so, so I'll leave. I'll sort of hand over to you. I know you've got a a piece on the on the blog about it fairly quickly, and I think it's a you know very accurate piece. And it's the same thing we've said about players um, that if bigger clubs weren't looking at our players, we probably we'd probably be a bit annoyed that they weren't because they're there to you know they're good players. They're there to to move on in their career, and I think it's the same situation here. With the management so um yeah if you want to kind of take the lead on this one
2: yeah i put, I put inverted commas around the word news so i, I think that the bbc have, have reported it and i'll use inverted commas again um because it's not like west brom have put anything out it's not like they've made a move for danny cowley they basically said that there is a list of names and danny's on it quite how the bbc have seen that list of names who knows um, but I think, like I said in my piece, I once had a list of five celebrities that I could sleep with. And as yet, uh, I haven't slept with any of them. So, you know, lists are all well and good. I uh, I expect us to get interested in the manager. Of course I do. Mm. I expect um, teams to want to uh, to take Danny. It might happen. It might not. But I just, to say news has broken, which is certainly what, what one or two places, our friends at D3, D4 put breaking news um, Football League, world well, do I work for? But Breaking news, not sure it's news. Breaking rumour, um, rumour that I'd heard three or four days ago that Lincolnshire Echo have already done a piece on refuting that sort of thing maybe, but not breaking news. So um, that's where I stand on it until I, I read the words, West Brom have approached Lincoln City. Uh, my first and my only word on it is going to be the article that I've written. Yeah,
0: I I would agree. It's It's one of those where... It's like I said, you know, we we said it about about the players. If they're not getting bids from or getting scouts to look at from from other clubs, then we're doing something wrong. You know, they're they're they are easily well, like you said in, in the piece, you know, that probably the one of the hottest commodities in um, in the game at the moment in in the UK. And that's not that's not me just saying that because I'm a Lincoln City fan because you know they're our managers, but they are too young talented managers that have already won. Well, like you said, we're all aware they've won three trophies in three seasons. Um, that's a rarity. So it's, uh, I, I don't think it'll happen. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's it's the one that's got me a little bit worried, if I'm honest. And I know it's probably going to be one that a lot of people will go, oh, they won't go there. But deep down, I think there's
2: probably something that's, that's going, eh, they, they might do, but... Nice bollocks. They're yeah, not, not going gonna... to... Sorry, they're not gonna move here, they're not gonna um move up to Lincoln, move their families up to Lincoln, move the mum and dad up to Lincoln and then take a job that's two and a half hours away, a five hour round trip on a daily stroke, three or four daily basis, not gonna happen. If it was Leeds, if it was Sheffield Wednesday, if it was Sheffield United, if it was Nottingham Forest, if there were an hour drive, possibly so but these are two guys that like to sit at their desk until 9 10 11 at night watching videos but they do have a young family as well I, I, I may end up with egg on my face but they're not going to West Brom in my opinion not a chance yeah I, I Chris wholeheartedly agree yeah Chris Chris Hewton's a good shout I'm, I'm
0: obviously straying away from from the topic of, of the it I was genuinely shocked when uh, when Brighton got rid of Chris Hutton, he was uh, a manager that kept them in the Premier League, despite a lot of people writing them off. And wow. Yeah. It's, um... lost,
2: lost half the games though, didn't they? Won what? Three since Christmas. Mm. Mm, playing, de- yeah. playing devil's advocate. And I know my friend Pete will be laughing right now, but I don't follow the Premier League. So I asked him what he thought of it because genuinely I don't follow the Premier League. I didn't know Liverpool were going to lose the title with 97 points or whatever. Hilarious that they did. Um, mm. So yeah. And like, like, like Pete was telling me, Brighton have, um, have won three or four games. And if it wasn't for three shitter teams being in the Premier League, they would be relegated. And when you look at the teams that are being promoted, Norwich, very strong, organised, um, popular German coach. Sheffield United, strong, organised, and possibly either Derby or Villa. All of those teams will be competitive. Brighton are going to be struggling to stay up next season, certainly under Hewton. They needed a change. That's He's a championship clever, manager.
0: I loved that game as a kid. Um, yeah, I, I, that's fair. i would not really looked at it like that. I just sort of took it more or less at face value of, yeah, he's kept them in the Premier League, and it's it's a, a disappointing thing to see a manager go when he's managed to do that. But, yeah. He's I've 60. Had...
2: Did you know that? He's 60 years old.
0: Are you kidding? No. Jesus, if I look like that when I'm 60, I'm going to either have good genes or a good doctor.
1: <laughs> or a
2: good fake tan, Ben, possibly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no i'm not phil brown come on um <laughs> so uh yeah so what we're going to do um today is, is essentially just uh a bit of a kind of half hour long season wrap-up um over well over what's been quite possibly the uh the most impressive season that a lot of people will have seen at central bank um in a very long time um would you go so far as to say this is probably the best season that you've had supporting the Imps?
2: Yes and no. Yes, because we've won League Two, um, because it's Football League Silverware versus 1976. In that in that kind of bracket, obviously it's the most successful because it's elevated us to the highest level and it's it's the best success we've had with me as, as while well, I've been a fan. Um, in terms of the way I felt about it, um, I'm not sure. I, I think that coming out of the National League in 2017 was a, was a as big achievement and probably felt better because this season we were stepping into the unknown. This season we were certainly favourites very early on. We, we'd spent not big, but we'd spent well. Whereas the National League, we were coming from that background of being on our arse, taking loan players from Southport and Telford and, and finishing in mid-table. So there was an element of... Um, relief, as well as joy, when we came out of the national league, and that element of relief wasn't there this year. This year, there was an element of expectation and joy, um, and I know Danny said that we shouldn't expect anything, and the players worked hard and achieved what they achieved, uh, and it, and it's commendable, and it's a fantastic season. I'm not taking away from it, but I just I, I think that the 2016-17 season probably, in my mind, stands out more.
0: Yeah, I, I can't. I can't argue with that. Personally, I think it's um, looking at it purely from the, the point of view of the, the club's obviously been starved of, of success for, for such a long time, and there was. I, I don't think there was anybody maybe saying, "Oh, well, let's see," you know, they're one season wonder or, or whatever. But maybe it was a case of did did they feel you know did Danny and Nicky feel that they had something to prove this season? And, and I think if they did, then they've certainly. And they've certainly done it, and they've certainly proved it. So, for me, I think it's it's the best season that I've I've ever seen.
2: Um, what great it. conversation to have, though, isn't it? When we're trying to compare how good different seasons have been, because we've won a league, and neither of us are that bothered about the one where we finished in the playoffs and won at Wembley. Which take <laughs> the two seasons out we're discussing would probably be the most successful season I'd seen as a fan, bar 1988. Uh, and obviously you probably weren't born, and if you were, you were probably still crapping in the nappy, but um, you know, I remember it vaguely, and again, there was that different element of bouncing back. Uh, seasons, mm. it, Football's an odd thing, because the season's always the same. It's 46 games or whatever, with a sprinkle in a cup ties, you play against teams of varying abilities, and yet every single one tends to mean something different it mm. tends to bring something different and and that's why it's hard to compare you couldn't compare this like if i'd been if i was 60 and you'd ask me to compare it to 1976 you couldn't do that because again it's different time different era um coming from a different background i mean in 76 let's not forget we only missed out on promotion the year before on on goal average which is mm. a ridiculous thing to do um and some people might say well we were expected to do well in 76 it's all perception so there's certainly look, I'm not I'm not knocking either with any of the seasons. It's been phenomenal three years. I I genuinely can't see that the level of success we've had over the last three years will ever be repeated at Lincoln City.
0: Yeah. It's um we we've said it before we'll say it again, you know, the three three seasons three three uh, we've said it before and I can't say it again because I'm tripping over my bloody words. Three seasons and three trophies is just
2: uh, oof.
0: Like you can't get that anywhere else, you know. You can't, unless you're Man City or unless you're throwing billions around and you're getting it at the top level. It's very rare to see it in in sort of lower le- uh, lower league levels, and it's uh, it's just been remarkable to watch. Um,
2: Even if I was cheating, playing Championship Manager in my bedroom at fifteen, I wouldn't dare to have had Lincoln win three trophies in three seasons in case my mm. friends came round because they'd call it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's fair, like it's it's just it, it has been one of those dream championship manager games, has not it? Over the past few uh, past few years, and well, we all
2: know how that ends. European champions, yeah, absolutely. Because everybody always takes Lincoln or Woking or whatever to win the European Cup with a mate, completing it, mate. So yep. watch out, League Two, League One, even well, League Two yeah. would better watch out, I suppose, as well because it's going to be tough next year. But we're not here to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll touch on it at the very end, but it's uh, yeah, it's.
0: A league. I'm very glad we're out of looking at it in the in the rearview mirror. So, um, let's talk about uh, our favourite moments of the season. So we've got a list of kind of um, games and, and goals and, and moments, all for all for different um, areas of the season. So let's let's start off with um, with the biggest surprise. So we've uh, we've got the, the the most surprising moment i think it is so so if you want to go first
2: with this one you surprised me there because that's fifth on my list so oh. the biggest surprise is you going off script actually no that's not <laughs> a big surprise at all is it hey. um yeah, I'll cover it. just uh, there's, there's, i think there's six categories and, and you know if you are listening in please do feel free at the end to tweet as your six we'll mention all the categories at the end so you don't need to write them down as you go or if you're dean wagstaff out running around the country you don't need to Scratch it in your arm. Um, (laughs) My most surprising moment of the season uh, isn't a game. It's a signing and it's the capture of Jason Shackle. Um, Why it surprised me at the time is because, and hand on heart, I'd never actually heard of him um, when he signed for us. Didn't follow football outside of Lincoln for many years, wasn't writing about it. Yeah, you know, I was too busy selling kitchens to bother who was going up out of the championship. And I remember, I, I, whole bands I went on Google, Wikipedia, all that sort of stuff. And I just remember thinking, How the hell have we signed this guy? He's played Premier League football. He's won the championship three times, or he's been promoted rather from the championship three times. And mm-hmm. um I think I, I was worried. At first, because, you know, you see 34, 35, whatever it was when he signed, and you think, oh, God, here we go. And I don't know if you remember any of these, but these are the names that will give people nightmares. Trevor Hebbard, Steve Foley, Ian Hamilton, Dave Phillips, all of these players that we signed who had got top-flight experience who turned up at Lincoln City and were utter guff. Um, Hmm. And Jason Shackle has been absolutely phenomenal. I thought in his first game against Grimsby, I I thought if you look at their goal... I thought there was an element of blame for him. I remember watching that back and thinking, oh, God, here we go. And then after that, he was phenomenal. Um, Goals against MK Dons and Macclesfield in back-to-back games and uh, kind of gave him that element of of, of scoring, which which a lot of centre-halves don't have. And I just think that he has been one of the reasons that Harry Toffolo has had such a good season as well, because I think Mm. sitting on the left side of defence, I think he's helped bring Harry Toffolo on phenomenally. All the lads behind the scenes talk really highly of Jason. Um, I think when I spoke to Matt Reid, he picked Jason Shackle out as his Player of the Year. I know Neil Eardley won Player's Player of the Year, but yeah, that tells you everything. Two ex-Premier League players, uh, what they do behind the scenes is phenomenal. So yeah, my most surprising moment was the capture of Jason Shackle.
0: Fair enough. Um, I've gone for the away game at Bury. Uh, it, was, it was a game where I think we'd um, they were obviously very free flowing score tie uh, scoring we'd sort of come off a few games where we you know we we'd scored one maybe two and it was uh, it, it'd been a while since we'd um scored three i think the last game before that was newport at home and i i didn't go I, I had to i was sort of resigned to watching it on the telly and it it looked like a a really good advert for league 2 and i know we said that um I think we said that at the time, and it was almost a bit cliched in a way. But the 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 pace at which the game was played and the the sheer sort of energy that was on display for me that was that was a, a real surprise to see the level of football from you know on on the TV from League Two, and it was it was a great game. The biggest surprise from that was though the fact that we'd obviously had a very strong defensive record. Barry obviously had a strong scoring record and we managed to well obviously we cancelled each other out you know finishing 3-3 it was it was a real surprise to to concede three and to be honest it was a big surprise to, to score three as well so uh, that was my that was my surprise of the season i, I would never have been able to predict that result uh, going in so um I, I would agree with you on shackle as well. Like if uh, I, I'm very much in the same boat as you, I'd not really followed, um, much football outside of, outside of Lincoln for a while and, and missed a lot of the, um, uh, missed a lot of the sort of premier league championship stuff. And it was, uh, it, it, I, I did have to sort of pop him into Google briefly as well and see what was going on. Um, but yeah, when, when he, when he signed for his, when you see his pedigree, he was unbelievable signing. And, uh, I think it may well be the biggest signing of the, of the uh, closed season that we've actually got him again for next year. So we shall see.
2: What I find quite interesting is that you've obviously done some research for this. Is that why we're recording a day late? Because Newport was the last time. (laughs) So you've been doing your research, which is unusual, isn't it? Um, for you? Yeah.
0: I mean, we we are recording this on Thursday. I'm going to try and get it out Thursday night. Normally we record on Wednesdays, um, but I've just had a, absolutely manic week, so didn't get a chance to last night, unfortunately.
2: Interestingly Um, enough, we've only conceded three goals or more that I can see, and I might be unhappy to be corrected on three occasions this season, right, and every single one of them was with a different keeper. Sam Slocum conceded four at Blackburn, but Sam wasn't that great, was he? Uh, It was Grant Smith in goal against Bury, because I remember actually calling... Believing that we would have probably won 3-2 with a different keeper. Very, very harsh. But I think Sam's, uh, I think uh, Grant's skill set is different to some of the other keepers. I'm not calling Grant. I think he's a decent keeper. Uh, And then obviously Mm. Colchester on the final day where we, um, where Josh Rickers was in goal. There was only Matt Jilks didn't concede three goals uh, or more. And also when you said scoring three goals, that was, we've only actually done that twice since the turn of the year. Uh, at Bury and at Crawley. And we only scored three or more at home, I think on, a t- excuse me, on two occasions, uh, FA Cup against Northampton and Swindon. So the opening game against Swindon, we beat them 4-1. I thought, wow, this is a real flavour of things to come. Uh, although to be fair, yeah, we did put three past Notts County. But anyway, hmm. there we go. I'm not even doing my research. I'm reading that off soccer base right now. <laughs>
0: So um, if you want to go through with the, uh, the next um, the next category.
2: You pick the category. You're the one that's gone off script. Where do you want to go now? <laughs>
0: um, let's go with the most disappointing moment.
2: No, mine is not particularly a moment. My uh, my most disappointing aspect of the season is Bernard Mensah. Um, I was <laughs> secretly very excited when Bernard Mensah signed for us because... Knew he had done well at National League level. He'd obviously been plucked from there and gone to Bristol Rovers. Uh, I think he would had a little bit of exposure at Bristol Rovers and had played some football for them. And I I actually genuinely thought that we would see um, Mensa edge his way into the side. I didn't think he would play loads of games, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I thought he was going to come on and be, uh, be a behemoth for us. But I sensed him being... Um, Another uh, another Bruno Andrade, another Harry Anderson. To a degree, I thought he might have an impact like Danny Rowe. Um, and I was really quite excited. And he made four substitute appearances uh, and four starts, all of which came in the EFL Trophy. And I don't actually think he, he really did anything in any of them. Uh, and then he went to mm. Aldershot and scored two goals in his first two games. And uh, I think he made... Um, you made about 17 or 18 appearances for them scoring four times. Really disappointed. I just, I, do you know what? I, I genuinely think that the way that we play, that kind of high intensity, if we'd got that sort of pace from the bench, so rather than them replacing John Akindi and the player behind him, if you take Bruno off and bring somebody like Bernard Mensah on for the last 25, 30 minutes, get that fresh legs again, we could have done what we did against Swindon and killed games off two goals in the, the dying stages. As it was, I felt that we struggled to find that pace from the bench out wide. And when you look at Tom Pett having to play out wide when Bruno was injured, I think that we probably lacked that width through key areas of the season. And Mensa was meant to offer that. Um, I also think that you know he could have covered down a centre. I just don't think it worked out. So Bernard Mensa is my most disappointing moment of the season. Fair enough.
0: Um for mine I've gone with um essentially just the way that it kind of petered out at the end. Um I know we've obviously said that it was a phenomenal season and I don't think anybody anybody would change it for the world in terms of you know what's happened and, and um the, the the prestige it's brought back to the club, but it just it sort of it, it just seemed to fizzle out, didn't it? Towards the the last few weeks, um, sort of ending with uh, ending the season with two defeats and a, and a draw, not scoring for the last was it four games? Mm. Uh, the other one that's done the research, but... games. Yeah, four games. I think it was last four games. We didn't score a goal. Um, yeah, I I don't know. It just it felt a little bit flat, but the job was already done, and I think we we said as much on the. Um, on the podcast before the the trophy lift and we sort of said, you know, it's almost like you've, well, I think you said it, I think you you put it rather eloquently when you said it's like trying to, you know, summon up the energy to, to cry at a a, a distant relative's funeral. It was, um, there was just something that, that didn't quite feel right about the end of the season. And and it's, um, it, it was a really strange one. And it's it's really strange to say, Oh, I was a bit disappointed with the end of the season and a season that we won the league, but yeah, disappointed's probably a strong word for it, but I don't know, something just felt a bit flat to me.
2: Funnily enough, if you take the four the three games Sorry, the four games before Colchester, so Newport, Tranmere, Carlisle, and Cheltenham. The average score across uh, those games was Lincoln one, opponents three. So across four games, there was fewer goals than there was in ninety minutes before Derby and Leeds on Wednesday night. I could- and I thought I was the one doing the research. Yeah, I? I did as well. In fact, there was <laughs> you even put uh, Lincoln, you put us and MK Dons in there. That would make it three all on aggregate. So. Um, Yeah, I I agree with you. Do you know what? It's it's hard, isn't it? Because it petered out after Cheltenham and funnily enough, Cheltenham is where we secured promotion. So um, I I don't think the players took the foot off the gas. I think there's to a degree a change of mentality. Carlisle, you know, tough place to go and play with 10 men. You can accept that. Tranmere, I thought we did really well against Tranmere uh, and probably Mm. did enough to win the game had we been a little bit more clinical. But we knew that a draw was enough to secure the title. Um, and I think that showed. The last game was the big disappointment. I think you know, we'd gone. Uh, th- there was spells in the season where we'd gone three or four games without a win. Um, I think we went four games without a win when we drew fuddly enough, starting with the Berry game. Um, mm. but the job was was already done. But I agree with you. I think it's hard, isn't it? Because we say it's disappointing, and two of those games that we're claiming that we're saying we disappointing was um, the one at no, Tranmere where we won the league, and then Colchester where we lifted the trophy. Uh, and I, mm. I personally can't see that as a disappointing era, but I can understand how people view that. Funnily, neither of us have said the the home form as a whole, and I wonder if that'll get picked up on in the uh, in the Twitter replies. So. Uh, maybe so, and I think that's that's something that,
0: um, you know, looking at the looking at the the sort of list of, of wins and draws at home, it is one of those where you look at it and go, bloody hell, we did have a lot of draws, didn't we? And it was. I was almost tempted to say that my, my disappointment was um, the the reaction of of certain sections of the fan base at a certain you know at the point where we were drawing games but still top of the league. It would, but we've we've covered that and I think it, it's it's almost sadly to be expected at this point when you you know when you're talking about football, everyone's got you know obviously everyone's entitled to their own opinion and all the rest of it. But I mean, there's a point where you just think, give it a rest. Yeah, it was a bit of math, but.
2: But we'll um, let you go next, and I'll pick the category as well. I'm going to seize control here. Um, okay. We'll have your best away game.
0: Best away game by a long shot was MK Don's. Um, we had, uh, you know, my wife surprised me with a trip to uh, to MK Don's. And normally when someone says, oh, I've surprised you, we're going to Milton Keynes for the weekend, you think, what the bloody hell for? But, um, yeah, she booked a, a room in the in the hotel, and it was... It, you know with apologies to mr. Pearson it was the most corporate of corporate weekends it was um, you know we, we had a, a few beers on the Friday night when we got there we, we got up I went had a nice little walk down to the pub and had a few drinks in the pub came back had a few more drinks at the ground and then watched the game phenomenal game I think we we deserved the uh, we deserved the win there and it was it, it was just a perfect perfect away day in my opinion um and then at the end of it we we sat down had a few more drinks and had a, a steak with Marco Pia White's restaurant so um yeah I I absolutely love my weekend at, at MK Don's and I thought it was a fantastic uh a fantastic game in the middle of it um and that's my choice for for my best away game
2: well we and yourself yeah well we showed some endeavor in trying to make sure that we didn't have the same away game I think because I, I might have been yeah. tempted to pick MK Dons myself as well um, but I'm I'm not going for that I'm actually going for Port Vale because it's really hard to say anything other than a game that you've won 6-2 away from home it was an anomaly we as, you, as we alluded to we didn't score a lot of goals you know a lot of our wins were by the single goal and with hard work grinding them out um, but we were we didn't actually play that well that day, I didn't think. It sounds silly. We didn't blow them away, um, but they were terrible at the back. Uh, we created a lot of space. I've no doubt if Danny were listening to this, he'd tell me that all five of the set-piece goals were from our hard work and not them being being awful. Um, on a personal note, we called into Utoxeter on the way there. We stopped at a pub and uh, Andy's Fun Bus. He's getting a couple of mentions, isn't he, again tonight? He's going to think he's a celebrity like my old man. Um, but their fun boss was there and it was just, you know, it was a wonderful atmosphere. Um, and it, it it was just a great day. It was a great away day. It was early in the season. And I think in the scheme of things, we probably don't look back that far because there was, there were more Mm. pivotal games. There were games that meant more. Um, but that day, you know, the rest of the country just looked bloody hell. Lincoln have won six, two away. We knew the truth that it was, you know, probably Mm. a closer game than it looked, should have been six one to be honest if that fat clown hooks the ball and given dodgy penalty away but there we go um, but yeah so that's my best away day port Vale uh, and I'll pick the cool. next one and then you can finish so we will have the key moment of the season for
1: you
0: um the key moment for me it's it's got to be uh Bruno's goal at MK um, I know I've just said it was my favorite away day You only went to one game. Oh, come on. Oh, that's a lie. Um, (laughs) I should say, by the way, Gary is very clearly on one tonight. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I think that the uh, Bruno's goal at MK, it it summed a lot up, to be honest. Um, There was was so much that, um, you know, we were obviously still fighting for the title. And I think... A lot of people were saying, you know, if, if we win this game today, then we'll go on and win the league. And a lot of people, I think myself included, were a bit apprehensive about it. I think you said before the before the um, before we went down there, you said, "Oh, we're not going to win. We won't win it. We'll probably get a draw, but we won't win." Um, but coming away from that, after Matt Jukes has just made one of the saves of the season um to to sort of get it down quickly john takes it on his chest i'm gonna say his chest because the referee didn't blow so it's still in his chest it may have been a handball <laughs> um threads bruno through and he just slots it in from the edge of the box it, it was perfect like it really was um either i think it was going to be either that or early's free kick against cambridge because that that turned that game um so uh that, that really turned that game on its head. So yourself, what, what about yours?
2: Mine's a whole game. in um, It's Yeovil at home uh, on a Friday night in March. Now, it might not seem an obvious one. It was just you know a, a home win in the middle of a, a relatively long run, an uh, unbeaten run. I think we haven't been beaten since, obviously, Boxing Day. But it was a game in hand. Mm-hmm. It was one that, if we won, it opened up a gap between us and the pack below us. Uh, we hadn't won at home for uh, a while. I think anyone would won at home that year. Uh, up until then, that in the year had been Grimsby. Um, don't actually know if we won one since at home as well. I think it was our last home win of the season. Thinking about it. Um, but it, 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 there was a tense atmosphere. I felt that having drawn against Stevenage, having I mean, drawn against Northampton, having I mean, drawn away at Notts County, there was this feeling that we were dropping too many points at home and that we might get caught. And okay, we'd, we'd won away, I think, at, at, uh, at Morecambe and Forest Green in between. But winning at Forest Green, we had to go and make something of that. That It was, it was a crucial moment. And when Mark O'Hara raised and nodded in, for me, it just... It was just one of those moments where you, you clenched your fists and went, "Yes, we're back on it. We're back on it." I know our home form wasn't good enough. Um, four days later, we would beat actually it wasn't our last home win cause four days later we beat Oldham at home as well. So, um, but it, it, I could probably say that whole weekend, but I'll, I'll stick with just the oval game because those wins, those back to back wins, where we it was a game in hand and we we just. For me, that was the moment where you could say, actually, we we are still in this. We're not falling away because Barry had been creeping up on us as well. And I think that was the weekend where Berry started to have their stumble and we we were relentless. We had our stumble once everything was said and done, which is absolutely fine. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like if you're running a marathon, you want to fall over when you've got past the tape, not as you're approaching it or not when you first start running. And that's what we did. And for me, that that was the moment where we, we signalled the fact that we might be stumbling, but we ain't going to end up on our arse until we're over the line.
0: Yeah, uh, it was... Um, th- th- it was a yeah, it was a really really great um, great whole weekend that, and the fact that uh, we had, uh, the, the fact that we saw one of Paul Skull's very few managerial uh, outings, um, yeah, it was, it was it was a good weekend that it was really good. Yeah. So the second to last category uh, of the uh, of the podcast is uh, the best home game. Um, I'm going to start with this one with one that will probably surprise a few people. And uh, that was the Exeter game at home. Now it wasn't the best performance. I think we're all aware of that. It kind of came in the uh, in the little run of, of draws that we were getting, and um, I think that was one where we hadn't, like you say, we hadn't lost since Boxing Day, and everyone was a bit twitchy, thinking, "Oh God, here we go." You know, we, we conceded. Uh, must have been, I think, it was about twenty minutes in. We didn't really, we we didn't play that well, and Exeter played fairly you know fairly well and and I think would have we wouldn't have begrudged them the win. Um there was obviously the, the, there was a big penalty shout. I think any other game uh that would have been given one against Bruno and then shortly after that I f- think it was Tom Pet. Um, uh no sorry there was there was penalty shout and then I think there was a, a an attempt where it almost looked like Tom Pet was going to score. Um and it it just seemed it just seemed to be one of those days where you think oh christ here we go but it was that refuse to lose attitude that you know Danny talks about and i think people were starting to stream out of the gate uh, out of the ground and four minutes of injury time i think the game the the week before we'd had four minutes of injury time played and and we'd conceded in the 96th minute so there was a little bit of poetic justice in that where i think it it almost felt like yeah there we go that's it uh, yeah it was a Stevenage game um, Stevenage scored in the ninety fourth minute with uh, with Elias chairs rather special for uh, strike from well outside the box but it was one of those moments when we were I think we a few of us felt aggrieved from the previous uh, previous home game and then watching John Kindy kind of bundle it over the line in well past the allotted um, injury time that obviously extended due to a little bit of time wasting from Exeter. Um, it felt amazing and it, it just typified everything about the side. And I think that was one of those moments where everything just sort of crystallizes and you go, Christ, we're not going to, we're not going to lose many games this season. They, they, they will not allow it to happen. Um, and they didn't do until we, won the, you know, until we secured the title. But, um, I think we all, everybody up in the top row um, in the co op done, I think we all just went a little bit mad. Um, I, Yeah, unbelievable finish to a game. And I, I don't think I'd celebrated like that for quite a long time either. So um, what about yours, your your favourite home game?
2: Yeah, I couldn't possibly pick a draw, um, which doesn't leave money to choose from, does it? Um <laughs> No, obviously we won 11 games. It had to be one we won. For me, the the best home game was MK Dons at home. I know we keep talking about uh, our performances against MK Dons, but I think at home and away they were probably two games that signalled us out as champions. Um, I thought we'd actually played well up until they went ahead. Uh, It was an Mm -hmm. engrossing game. And then the Lancaster flew over and then everyone started. The the whole crowd lifted and it was just, it was a spine-tingling moment. And obviously, Shays scored a goal, which over the course of the season doesn't actually get rated as one of the best goals of the season because he scored a lot better afterwards. But it was a really powerful controlled volley or half volley into the back of the net. You know, in the dying seconds where they're celebrating a a draw because that would be a good point. You know, we dropped points at home we shouldn't have dropped. But against MK Dons in the form that they were in at that point, you thought maybe you know a draw was decent, and then it pops shackle and, and steals the game, and it's that last minute joy again, I think, and that's probably what 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 the theme that runs through both our picks. Um, but it was the Lancaster, and it was the fact everything felt like a, a carnival atmosphere that day. Um, and it was another moment where you, you knew that we were going to be up there, and we were going to be in contention. Uh, it came right right at the end of September, if I remember correctly. And I think we had been on a we would beaten Macclesfield, we beat MK Dons, we beat Cheltenham, and and then we went lost to Tranmere. But it, it, it was a, it was a really key moment. But if, if anything, it has to be the Lancaster coming over mm. i think because it's so um so typical it's something you, uh, that lincolnshire is quite famous for and you know we do the lancaster uh, uh, celebration or the bomber celebration and the number of numpties on banter that you say can't we arrange a flying past and everyone used to go no stop being a numpty and then it does it and all the numpties on facebook were right and all of the people that think they're too cool for school like me were wrong so um yeah fantastic <laughs> that was that was a great uh a great home game
0: See, so we we did say that we kind of endeavoured to, to make sure we didn't have the same one. I'd like to say that I didn't pick it because I knew that was yours. But honestly, I, it, it was just one of those moments where I kind of went, oh, yeah, I forgot about that.
2: Uh, OK, because um, you did say Exeter first to me because, you know, I, did, I had Exeter yeah. on mine because I thought, you know, 90 minutes of really dire football got me... Thrilled. Although a great moment on the way home from Exeter was Rob Makepeace when he said to Danny we'd play badly, and and Danny addressed him as Robert, and then he said to John Akindi about scuffing the goal, and John went it went exactly where I wanted to go in the back of the net. And uh, <laughs> I had a chuckle with Rob last time I was on the radio about that because he he doesn't shy away sometimes from asking the questions. I think Rob would be brilliant on this sort of media where you can bounce off each other and be cutting because he's you know he, he holds himself back on the radio, but um, yeah, he's very good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm I'm aware of Rob's uh, of of Rob's little barbs. I got a few when I went to Cowley versus Cowley. Good. So yeah. That was the I think that was the Monday after I uh, I had to turn down um the, the opportunity to head into the studio because I wasn't very well. And he said, Oh nice of you to make it was the first thing. I thought, yeah okay.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> But no, we love you really, Rob. Right, and the uh, the final final category um before we just talk a little bit about other things, is goal of the season now. I think this is one where, I mean, I, I'll I'll go with mine. It's got to be Shea. Like Shea at Swindon. What a strike. Like, where did that come from? I think the only thing that would really make that better is if you overlaid the um, the, the Alan Partridge football commentary when he did it. He's like, oh, Twat, Did you see that? It's got a foot like a traction engine. You know, it was just incredible strike on the volley. Keeper, absolutely nowhere and to this day I don't know how he managed to do that but that's my that's my goal of the season obviously got the clubs on as well Um, and I don't know if it made a difficult choice for you um, because then that obviously took that off the list but I think uh, yours is an equally good strike with a lot of technique involved
2: yeah I'd already picked mine Um, to be honest it's a bit of a cheat because at at the, the dinner the other week There was a list of four of them that you could vote on and obviously um, Shays won it, but I've picked one that was also on the list. Um, I didn't pick Neil Eardley's free kick at Cambridge, which was on the list, and I didn't pick uh, Jason Shackle's free kick against Morecambe, which was on there. Um, I've gone for Lee Frecklington's goal against Notts County. Um, mm. I just think it, it was an absolute belter. And I think had Freck not got injured against Port Vale, I think we would have seen him do that a lot more, which is one thing to be excited for for next season because of, you know, I think he was not not poor, but I think he was off his best for a lot of the season. Mm. Um, but that was classic Freck doing exactly what he did. And he that was in a good run for him, if I remember as well, because I think we played Berry around the same time at home and he had scored against Berry. Um, and I think he, he'd just been a all action. And then he, he was in obviously sent off against Crawley, injured against Port Vale. Um, but what a goal it was. Yeah, it had a little bit of everything. It, it wasn't unlike, uh, if I remember it correctly, I don't think it was unlike Matt Reid's uh, against Coventry last season. Great, great strike. Mm. Um, and that wraps up my goal of the season.
0: Yeah, I think uh, when I, I got very excited about that goal and I showed it to a few friends that that don't, appreciate League Two football and um one of them just replied to me and went, Did he side foot that? You think, Yep. That was <laughs> you know, the technique involved to get the power
2: and the precision on that was really, really impressive. So um it was the precision I was liking to the real one. I know that in the way they approached it it was very different, but it was that kind of yeah that's where it's going. I belted it but it yeah. you know it was it was just a a controlled finish from a top top player.
0: Absolutely. Um, so that's going to do us for our sort of season wrap up. Uh, I know we said we'd be half an hour. We've probably gone a little bit over that. Made a couple of edits, thanks to Charlie the dog and my incompetence. But um, we'll we'll wrap up. Um, just talking briefly about the playoffs. I know we spoke about them last week. Um, I I cannot. I could not contain my joy on uh, on Monday night. I really couldn't. It was one of those where we'd had. Um, well, we'd had a season where we've won the league, Scunthorpe and below is in the football pyramid, and in terms of our league, Mansfield and Newport, uh, sorry, Mansfield and Forest Green are are out, and that's their season finished. Um, I said at the time on Twitter, I said, I know it's Freud, but God almighty, this feels fun. This feels good. Um, and... Honestly, I think that the the, um, the, the post matches, uh, particularly the one from Mark Cooper. Um, I don't know if you've brought yourself around to watching it yet, without potentially vomiting or no uh, interest. There, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, Mark Cooper's post match, he sort of says, "Oh, it wasn't fair. You know, it doesn't. It's not fair what they're doing to a little club and all this." You think, Mark, you went a goal down, you didn't know what to do. Well, that's it. That's that's it. You know, once you, once you were losing the game, you you had no tactical noose, uh, noose, whatever it is. You had no tactical awareness whatsoever. And, you know, you lost, but, um, and then it was obviously uh, the the news the following day that Mr. Flipcroft had gone. Oh, well, so sad. He's back in Gary's garden.
2: I've, I've got, I've not got a lot to say about it. The league two managers were league one. Um, I might have commented on it before we went up, but there's no point now. You know, Mansfield are falling apart again. Cooper's just going to be sucking on lemons and, and it's going to be a tough division. They've got good managers dropping down there. And when I say good managers, I don't mean to join them as good managers because they're not. Because if they were, uh, both teams should have been much better. Forest Green had a very good set of players. You've got £1 million striker and Christian Doidge. You've got Rhys Brown, who in my opinion is he's, he's as good as, if not better than Bruno. If they'd got a plan B, then they would have they would have gone up. But you know, he's playing it out from the back against us. We shut it down, created a few chances, and he kept doing it. Mental. As for Flickcroft, or I, I prefer to pronounce that not an "the" f and l at the beginning, but an "s" and an Um h." But as for Flickcroft, right? Tyler Walker, George Grant. Neil Bishop, uh, Gethin Jones, I really liked Tom. Is it Tomlinson? Will and Tomlinson, I think I liked a lot of their players. If I'm entirely honest, I like the man. I like the mm. Mansfield players. I think they had some really good ones: Mal Benning, Christian Pierce, great, great players. How they didn't get automatic promotion, I'll never know. So, mm. two bad managers, and next year you've got Gary Bowyer, who's been promoted from that division before. Daryl Clark, who did really well at Bristol Rovers. Um, you've got Paul Hurst that Scunthorpe will do really well. I think Crew are going to have a good season. David Artel's building something there. Stephen Presley's got Carlisle playing very well. Whichever of Tranmere or Newport, say, down will fancy being in the top uh, the top half as well. Um, I think Colchester, do you know what I mean? Mm. You've got Salford, you've got Leighton Orient. All, it's going to be a tough, tough division. Yeah. Here's my bold prediction. If Mansfield are in the top seven next year, I'll be shocked. Absolutely shocked.
0: Wow, there we go. I think that's all going to depend on how much money is is thrown at them, and you know whether the uh, whether the new manager can make the step up from the youth team. But this isn't a uh, this isn't a generic League Two podcast. It's uh, it's one for Lincoln City. It's one for the Stacey West blog. So it seems only fitting that you conclude this week's podcast with the exciting news that you've got.
2: I'm done. What well. with with the exciting news, Gary. Oh god, yeah. Yeah. The exciting news I'm going to the cup final. Bastard. <laughs> no, not that exciting news. No, yeah, um obviously I have put my book out to pre order uh it's my tale of my days as a mascot and touching on a few different topics within Um got a full book launch planned uh, i'd just like to say that the launch is sponsored by lincoln city Um i won't go into any further details because they don't want me to but it's in conjunction with lincoln city let's say that much have been very good to me Um, throughout the latter stages of writing the book and as you will actually read uh, probably during some of the earlier stages while I was putting a lot more time and effort into being nice to them uh, as poacher it wasn't always reciprocated so um yeah, it's available now. You go to net. you'll be able to find it there under the shop icon. Uh, anyone who buys in between now and next Friday will be entered into a draw to come to the book launch. I'm still hoping to have some special guests, although one or two have already said that they're going to be on holiday at the time because I've picked it at a short, such short notice. Um, Yeah, it should be good. It should be really good. I've got the proof copies. It does actually look good. And I'm not usually that arrogant about my writing. Um, I tend to think that I'm quite overrated, uh, if I'm honest as a writer. Um, But this book is actually pretty good. I'm quite happy with it. And I'm not usually happy with anything that I create uh so it's why i haven't had kids because i just look at it and go you yeah, know you're not actually that good are you um <laughs> it's shitting your nappy and gurgle all day uh but this i'm quite happy with so um yeah please do buy it it's uh it's going to be a really good read cunningly out in time for father's day as well um week before is it, uh, is the book launch so it'll be posted out on the saturday or monday uh so it's um cynical marketing as ever Uh, But yeah, please do. There it is. StacyWest.net. Go to the shop or there's a pinned post on there that will say something like suited and booted is out. And uh, that's the title. Suited and booted because it's got two meanings, obviously. Suited and booted as in dressed up in the mascot suit or suited as in the mascot suit and booted as in some of the other themes around mental health that run through the book. So um, another of Pete Summers' uh, inputs into our podcast tonight. We want to get him on, really. It seems that I'm basically just saying the things he says. So.
0: There we go. <laughs> yeah, uh it's uh I'm really looking forward to to giving it a read mate. It's uh from some of the stories that you told me it's it's something that I'm going to I think I'm probably going to enjoy quite a lot. So yeah, I hope it, uh, it all goes well and everyone uh, everyone listening buys a copy because it's well deserved. Um I do have to I, I did have to chuckle at some of the uh some of the stuff you told me offside so yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to, to going through that one. Right. So, um, that's going to do episode 40. Uh, we are going to take a, a little bit of a break. We're not going to have an episode next week, uh, but we will be back the following week, um, depending on what happens, if there's any news, if there's any kind of breaking stories. We'll we'll cover those, obviously. But um, on the whole, I think this, the closed season, it's a bit sparse to do a weekly podcast about something that's not really happening weekly anymore. So, um we said we'd try and do one every two weeks. Obviously, if it's very sparse then we'll we'll come up with some ideas for some specials, but um well, we've got Yeah, we, we'll obviously
2: We've got one planned, haven't well, we? We're going to the Battle of Britain Memorial, um very kindly arranged yes. by Dean Wegstaff. Um and hopefully mm-hmm. there'll be a couple of players there. So we're we're gonna have that in the date escapes me.
0: Uh end of June, I think end it is. End of
2: June, it's one of the ones I haven't written on the calendar. Uh, so we'll have that. We'll probably do a bit of a pod from the book launch off the top of mm-hmm. my head. Um, you're not invited to this, unfortunately, but on July the 3rd, uh, I shall be down at the ground. <laughs> yeah. uh, all th- right. The okay. reason being, it's it's with, um, as as you may or may you know, but certainly re- listeners may not have started working with a Priory Trust, which is a group of, uh, of four secondary education uh, facilities or schools, as I know them, um, <laughs> working with uh, with a group of pupils from year nine across the academies and we're doing a uh, a visit to the ground and I may uh, I'll have to check on the safeguarding issues but I may record a segment there with with one or two of the kids about what the promotion means to them or something so um, we'll see it'll not be like the junior takeover day there where we're forced to listen to uh, kids telling us how disappointed they are after we've drawn or lost at home that was painful if I remember I mean, it's a great idea but good god Got sick of hearing kids' voices that there. and they were all about four as well or six. So yeah, if your kid took part, brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. But
0: anyway. Oh wow, wow. There we go, you see. Brilliant. Suited and booted is officially better than kids. There you <laughs> yeah. go, you can have that you can have that quote for the back of the book. I can
2: have that. Do you know what? I actually might <laughs> I actually might have <laughs> a second edition. I'm hoping to get some people to do reviews. I might actually have that. Suited and booted is better than kids. <laughs> yeah, that's got some worrying uh connotations so so i might i might not as well it's not better than, me. Anyway, no, yes. not better than charlie who you might hear in a moment after the end don't go anywhere because i think ben's recording an outtake
0: <laughs> yes it's uh it should be quite funny so uh right um we'll see you in two weeks guys thank you ever so much for listening as ever drop us a review if you can um on itunes or wherever you listen to because that actually helps us quite a bit. Um, Does it? I don't know. I, I don't even on them. You.
2: Do we have any good reviews?
0: Yeah. Um, I've not checked over the past week or so, but uh, yeah, we've got a few good ones. Um, it's uh, it it kind of helps us go up the rankings a little bit, and then if we mm. go up the rankings a little bit, then we've, we've got a little bit more clout and all the rest of it. And it's, right. I mean, it, some of it's just a big ego trip, to be honest. But there we go. It's
2: all a big um, ego trip, right? <laughs> Life yeah. is an ego trip.
0: <laughs> Yes, it is. Right. Uh, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Thank you for listening. Take care. Bye-bye.
2: Cheers all. Bye. I'm just going to go and fetch that little shit in. Just hold on one second.
1: <laughs> Charlie, that's enough. I'm trying to record fucking podcast about ends. Come on. In you come. Charlie. Come
2: on, here you, you Don't care. <laughs> Why is it as soon as I start recording, you're a dick? Here, you have know, half a treat of that. Good boy.
1: <sighs> right. <laughs> I'm hoping. I don't know how much of that you heard, but if you do want to include it at the very
2: end of the podcast, I don't actually mind.
1: So, 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow, you've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in.